Welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer, your snack-sized guide to being your own boss and building a business and life you love. I'm your host, Louise Shanahan. My LinkedIn bio says I'm a freelance health copywriter, but for the next 15 minutes, I'll be tickling your ears with practical strategies, behind-the-scenes stories and nuggets of wisdom so you can create a freelance business that works for you. Whether you're just starting out or you've been self-employed for a while, I'll be right here with you to help you navigate the ups and downs of freelancing life. So grab a coffee, relax, and join me for 15 minutes of freelancing fun. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hello, Louise Shanahan here, back for another solo episode of 15 Minute Freelancer. Today I want to try something a little bit different, so we're doing an Ask Me Anything episode as a wee experiment. So I'm not going to be focusing on one single topic or question today, there's no interview, it's just me. I'm going to work through as many of the questions that you sent in as I can and we'll see where we get to. So I posted on LinkedIn and Twitter a couple of weeks ago and loads of you sent in questions, so thank you very much for those. And by the way, you can send questions anytime. Sometimes there are really good questions that come up, but they're maybe not quite meaty enough to warrant a whole episode. So I'm hoping that I can cover off a few of these in this Ask Me Anything format too. Okay, I've got a long list of questions. I'm going to set a timer for 15 minutes and I'm going to fire through as many as possible. If I don't get through them all, which I won't, (laughs) I'll just have to do it again. Also, I just want to say before I start, where the question was made as a public comment, I might mention the name of the person who asked the question, but where they sent it as a DM, I will just keep it anonymous because I didn't check if people wanted their names mentioned and I think it's always important to check that kind of thing. So, okay, here we go. In no particular order. Question one. How do you respond to a vague client inquiry? Someone reached out, but all they said was they wanted a writer for their website project. It's super vague. Any advice on dealing with ambiguity from clients? This is a good question. My first thought is that often people will be vague when they first make contact with you because they don't always know what level of detail you need at this point in the process. They probably just view it as starting off the conversation. So I don't think they're being deliberately vague or evasive. So while you might be left looking at the email or the message and thinking, okay, how am I meant to know if I can help you? It's really just starting the conversation. You can think about what information you need in order to decide if you can help them and if you're going to be a good fit. And you need to have a clear process in place for getting that information. This starts with being clear about the kind of clients you work with, the kind of projects you do, what you don't do, what the process is for making an inquiry and what happens next after they send an inquiry. So you should control this whole process so clients see you as someone who knows what they're doing. It also makes your life easier and you're not making up a new process every time you get a new inquiry. If you haven't been really explicit on your contact page on your website about what this process is, then that could be why you're getting vague inquiries. It would be helpful to think about how you want to get those inquiries, what you want them to do. Do you want them to fill out your website contact form, fill out a client intake form in a Google Doc or maybe a type form or SurveyMonkey or just drop you an email? Are you giving them a link to go straight to booking a call? What details do they need to provide? What info do they need? Do you have limited availability or a minimum project fee? The point here is to pre-qualify leads so you don't waste either of your time going back and forth with someone that can tell at that point isn't going to be a good fit. It lets them rule themselves out too. 
if you make it clear that, for example, you have a minimum project fee, so you're not going to take any projects that are less than a certain amount, anyone who doesn't fit that budget shouldn't get in touch. And when someone does get in touch, hopefully you know that you won't have to have that awkward moment later on when you tell them your rate and they snap their laptop shut in horror. <laughs> there are loads of ways to set this up. Personally, I have a short form on my website and I have email templates for my responses. So I've got one for if I think they're a yes and I definitely want to set up an intro call. I have a response if they're a maybe and I want to get a little bit more info before deciding if we should go ahead. And one if I know that we're not going to be a good fit, in which case I might recommend somebody else. So know what you need to know in order to decide if you want to work with someone, have a process for getting that information and make that process clear on your website so clients know what they're meant to do if they want to work with you. I hope that makes sense. Question two. Okay, I'm going to have to speed this up. <laughs> so this is from the same person. What should you do when a client ghosts you? This is another good question. I think this was asked in the context of the previous one where you've asked for more details after someone's got in touch and they've gone quiet and they're not giving you that information. And I think if you have a clear process with your contact or intake form, that should put off the tire kickers. But ghosting is still a really common challenge more generally, so I do want to get into this. Maybe somebody seemed really keen to work with you and then they disappeared. Maybe you sent a proposal and they ghosted you. I've even heard of some freelancers getting a deposit paid and then being ghosted, which is kind of odd, isn't it? And it feels really crap, especially if you've put the effort into a proposal or you've spent time talking to them. You don't get any closure. You don't know what happened. Some people will say, move on. It's their loss. And I kind of agree with that. But I'm also a big softie <laughs> and I think it's worth giving people a second chance, especially with the world the way it is right now. People are busy, they're stressed out, sick, burnt out, got kids off school. You know, it's tough. So I don't like to jump to the conclusion that they're just being rude and just not replying to you. What's that saying? Don't attribute to malevolence that which can be explained by stupidity. <laughs> or as I like to say, don't attribute to rudeness what can be explained by busyness or disorganization or the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I usually would follow up again, see what's up, and then I will move on. That said, some people are just rude and you don't want to waste time and energy on them, on people who just disappear. So if they want to work with you, they have to show up. And the chances are that someone who is really disorganised and flaky at this very early stage in the process is going to be a bit of a pain and you get stuck into the project. So be compassionate, Follow up once or twice, maybe if you had a good feeling about them initially, but otherwise just move on and try not to take it personally. I know that's hard. Okay, question three. This is a question from Giles. How do you talk about money when you have chromatophobia? Now, I have to confess, I didn't know this word, so I had to look it up. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, chromatophobia. I believe this means a fear of talking about or thinking about or even touching money. So this isn't something that I suffer from in a phobia kind of way, but I can definitely relate to feeling uncomfortable having the money conversation with clients, especially earlier in my career. So maybe I can take a more general approach to answering this question. How do you have conversations about your rates and talk budgets with clients if you hate talking about money? I get it. It's often the most awkward question. I think it comes down to practice. The more times you have those conversations, the easier it becomes. 
you have to talk about budget on intro calls or sales calls, though I wouldn't necessarily give a specific quote, of course. Like I said earlier, if you can set the right expectations through your website, your contact form or your intake form, it shouldn't be that awkward because they should have a rough idea of what to expect. I think it helps to think about why you feel awkward about these conversations. Do you worry they'll think you're being greedy or too expensive or not charging enough? When we feel uncomfortable talking about money, it's often because of cultural norms about money being an unsavoury topic of conversation, especially in Britain. <laughs> we end up with mindset blocks around it and about whether we deserve it and, and that kind of thing. It's just such a huge topic. I'm not sure I can get into all of it, but there are loads of books and podcasts and business coaches that can help you with this. I used to hate these conversations when I first started out because I didn't really know what the going rates were for different types of work. So I wasn't sure if I was charging a reasonable amount. And I also didn't feel as sure of my processes and my portfolio as I do now. So there were definitely mindset issues in there. A lot of it was around uncertainty. And I think what helped me to reframe that, in addition to just practice and just having more experience, so having more evidence to show, I suppose, and more confidence in my ability, what helped me reframe it is just to know that their budget is not my problem. Your client's budget is not about you. I think I've said that before. I suggest trying to take the emotion out of it. Tell them your rates and don't feel compelled to fill the gap after that. If you know you do good work, you shouldn't feel worried about stating the price. You don't need to justify your rate to anyone. But if you need to justify it to yourself, just look at your testimonials, your previous work, your processes, your experience. I think having some stock phrases or a wee script to use in these conversations can also be helpful. So you think ahead about what makes you feel awkward and what makes you feel confident in answering those questions. So when I'm on a call with a potential client, I'll say, so we haven't talked about budget. What did you have in mind? And if they say they don't know, which lots of them do, I'll say, okay, well, the last project I did that was quite similar to this came in at about, and I'll give an amount. Does that feel like an amount that would work for you? And then just let them answer. Amy Posner, who I think I've linked to before, I will link in the show notes. She has some great YouTube videos with uh, scripts for these conversations. So I definitely recommend checking those out. She's the expert in this client wrangling stuff. Ideally, you'll just be working with people who already value you and your work. So it shouldn't feel that awkward. It's quite a big topic. As I say, I've done some episodes that touch on this that you might want to go back to. Episode four on pricing advice that I hate. Definitely check out episode 14 on anatomy of a sales call. There's one on freelance finances. There's one on raising your rates. I think all of those get into money mindset stuff one way or another. I'm not an expert on this by any means, but you have to talk about money. You're running a business. So I hope that helps. If I have completely misunderstood the concept of chromatophobia, send me a message and correct me. <laughs> okay, question four. This question I got through Memo. So remember, you can leave voice notes, comments and questions for me on memo.fm forward slash 15 as well. So this question came in here. And the question is, how can a coach or mentor help us as freelancers? I'm a huge fan of getting coaching to help you progress in your freelancing journey. Take the next step as you grow your business, get over mindset issues like I just mentioned, all of that. A good coach won't give you all the answers, but they will help you figure out for yourself what you should be doing. They can kind of shine a light into the corners of your business or your brain at the bits you maybe don't want to look at and help you figure out for yourself what your goals, your strategy, plans, tactics should be. I am actually working with a business coach at the moment. Shout out to Kirsty Waite, who is amazing. And honestly, the pennies are dropping all over the place in each of our sessions. I'm finding it's really helping me get clear on what I want my business to look like in future. 
future and what I need to do now to get to that point. And also to unpick some of the weird rules that I've made up for myself about, I don't know, having to work really, really quickly and not wanting to let people down. It's like business therapy, to be honest. (laughs) But there are all sorts of coaches and mentors, so you want to find the one that's the right fit for you. So you could have someone help you with strategy stuff, focus on a specific part of your business, such as sales calls or money mindset stuff or time management or managing others. You could have a coach who is an expert in your specific discipline. Really, the possibilities are endless. Maybe you have a specific challenge that you want to deal with, a client situation that you can't figure out, always saying yes to too many projects or struggling to feel confident when you're marketing your services or feeling a bit unsure about where to go next. A coach can help you with all of that. If you go back to the episode where I interviewed Jen McKeown, who is a leadership and performance coach, she talks about how freelancers can benefit from working with a coach. I think that's episode 24. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate of getting coaching. As freelancers, we have to make up our own professional development program and take ownership of our learning and how we run our business. And a coach can absolutely help you with that. So I hope that has maybe given you some ideas. Question five. Okay, I think I can squeeze in one more. This follows on nicely from that previous question. When you've been freelancing for a while and it's going well and you want to develop yourself professionally, how do you think about giving yourself a promotion and taking your freelancing career to the next level? What support do we need and how do we figure out what to focus on? Well, wouldn't you know, there's an episode on that too. In last week's episode, Andre Spiteri and I talked about what happens when your business starts to grow and the practical shifts and mindset shifts that come with that. When you've got steady leads and plenty of lovely clients and things are, are going well and you start to wonder what happens next. So you could maybe listen to that one, see what you think. Andre has many, many great insights to share. Working with a business coach would be my other recommendation. It's another way to figure out what to do next. And as I say, that's what I'm doing right now. You know, I love the way this question is framed. It's about giving yourself a promotion because, as I said, we have to take ownership of our own career ladders. There's no boss to send you on a course. There's no management job to apply for and get promotion the way you would in traditional employment. So you have to decide for yourself. You have to build your own career ladder. So how might you do that? You might want to start refining the services you offer or change what you offer. You might want to stop doing a certain kind of service. You might want to change the kind of clients you work with. And I hope you will raise your rates. You might change your job title to something that more accurately reflects your experience and expertise. And then on a bigger scale, taking things to the next level might mean starting to build a team to support your business or working with subcontractors. You might start offering courses or digital products. You might decide to work less and have a different work-life balance and focus on something else. The options are really endless. I don't know if that's helpful. I'm basically saying you can do what you want. (laughs) A coach can definitely help, but also talk to your peers. Find out what they're doing, what they're thinking about. The chances are you're definitely not alone in thinking about these things. Maybe join or start a mastermind so you can learn from and get support and accountability from others who are in a similar situation. I've done some excellent masterminds in the past and I think the best ones are the ones where you feel just a little bit out of your depth. (laughs) It really pushes you to grow and be ambitious and imagine big things for your business and take your business and yourself seriously. Okay, phew, that was fun to jump around some different topics for a change. I hope this has been useful for you. I will definitely do one of these Ask Me Anything episodes again. I've tried to make my answers a bit snappier so I can get through more questions. If you have any topics or questions for the next one, you can send me a DM on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram. Email me if you're on my email list or send me a voice note at memo.fm forward slash 15. 
Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. You've been listening to 15 Minute Freelancer with me, Louise Shanahan, freelance health copywriter and content marketer at thecopyprescription.com. If you enjoyed this, please hit subscribe, leave a review or share it with a freelance friend. And if you've got a freelancing question you want answered on the podcast, find me and say hi on Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks. And until next time, happy freelancing.